0: In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. and welcome back to still interested the millennium edition which is what <laughs> oh, yeah, okay I yeah no that's <laughs> a, dude wait yeah. a, wait to title this this uh, additional sub podcast i think that's a good yeah yeah thing. that was hot off the dome by the way yeah man i was uh, i was, I was... Battling against a very uh, a number of other things, I could have said, but I think Millennium Edition is pretty good. Uh, yeah. Still, a Millennium Edition. You're listening to it, and you're probably like, "This is just going to be like any other episode of Still Edition." My good pals Jackson and Ben are going to talk about Total Recall, the remake starring Colin Farrell. Well, guess what? <laughs> you, 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 you're wrong. You're Dead wrong. <laughs> you, <laughs> you don't know us. Wrong. We can't be uh, predicted. I'm- yeah, exactly. We can't be predicted, and we're woefully unprofessional. <laughs> because <laughs> guess what happened, folks? Uh, um. Big B here, that's me, Big B, the very large B, went, uh, I, I was in i was in Germany and in Switzerland and, and, and shit for, for work for a couple of weeks, and we are, uh, did we ever not get a chance to record a still yeah, interested Jesus. thanks to the eight-hour time difference in our lives uh, over the, the course of me being there and you being in Sydney. Uh yeah. and, and, and consequently, uh, we're recording now that I'm home. Bam on, you know, the Sunbird country that I love. Uh, What a country, dude. Yeah, it's a great place, you know, lots of things to like about it, but uh, one of the things that there is to like about it is that I can record this podcast, still interested, a TV and film reboot remake podcast for the Curio Network, where I am, as always, your uh, uh, very uh, European chic host, Ben McAllister. And I'm your fun-sized man, Jackson Newsett. Oh, did that have a? Yeah, okay, yeah, you're right. No, this is a fun fun size size episode. You're probably looking in your podcatcher and your with fear. (laughs) I would say genuine (laughs) concern. Forty minutes? What's (laughs) that about? (laughs) These boys usually go nearly two hours. Now, Benjamin, can I get you saying uh, twenty minutes and thirty minutes and maybe (laughs) fifty, just in case we, uh, (laughs) depending on where where we land on exactly how much time we get? Yeah. So uh, the the upshot of this is that we uh, are. You could say time limited you could say time poor uh yeah. in, in our ability to get this recorded edited and piped directly into your ears truly we have become the time fools yeah exactly we've come full circle uh, because time is a flat circle and yeah. we will indeed uh w- welcome to, to still interested millennium edition so this is <laughs> are we married to this name I mean, listen. At this point, it's gonna be it's gonna be more work than it's worth to change it. Like, yeah, to okay. be honest. So, if we ever do, I mean, maybe one maybe like these. still still interested. Like, fun size is pretty good, but then, then that was yeah. my personal title. Yeah, um, that's true. Um, maybe we'll, we'll we'll do another poll on Twitter. That the last one went so well. Yeah, uh, it was pretty good. Well, at least it came out in favor of my reference. So you know, I'm happy about it. Mm. Okay, so what we are actually going to do. In Still Interested Millennium Edition is we're going to watch. This is kind of weird. We're <laughs> going to watch the the trailers of an original movie, kind of briefly wrap about what elements of the trailers are cool, recap them, and what's remakeable, and then we're going to watch the trailers of the remakes, and we're going to discuss whether they delivered on those points. Similar to the classic Still Interested vibe, but just you know, fun sized, as yeah. Jackson put it. For the for the listening audience at home. Uh, we've each brought a franchise to, to bear upon this experience, and I think we kind of decided that, like, you were excited to, like, catch my reaction for yours, so we're gonna do mine up first. Yeah, 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 that's the one. I have chosen the original 1972 American disaster film classic, The Poseidon Adventure, directed Ooh. by Ronald Nemi. Uh, fucking... Outstanding movie, not sure if you've seen it, and of course the 2006 American disaster film remake, imaginatively titled (laughs) Poseidon, directed by none other than Wolfgang Peterson. So these two films, hell of a name, yeah, I know. These two trailers, I should say, we're going to watch briefly, and then we're going to discuss. And we're just gonna see, we're just gonna see how this, how this all shakes out for us. So, uh, without further ado, dude, let's let's watch this first trailer. Man, right. fucking okay. First up, though, like five minutes on a trailer. Yeah, Jesus know. Christ! <laughs> like, it is we the talk 70s. About how like modern Hollywood trailers are like, oh, that's just the whole movie. Oh, they've given you everything, all the jokes, all the best like it's all the movie. This fucking trailer is four minutes and fifty-four oh, Jesus seconds Christ, long. Christ, dude! You wanna know how long the flick is? 117 minutes. This is an appreciable <laughs> fraction of the movie. <laughs> oh, Jesus, dude. All right, let's watch it. All right. Ooh, ominous. Yeah, I know. Ooh, I love it already. How is this a trailer, dude? Yeah, it kind of looks like the start of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh! This is wild! This is unimaginably wild! Oh my god, dude! Grandpa Joe! That son of a bitch! How many chandeliers are there in this movie? Okay. So we're looking at like 3 minutes 20 of trailer, and yeah. Benjamin, let me just start off by saying a lot happens in this trailer. Yeah, they and really are not fucking about, hey, great very, movie. Good, very good film, <laughs> like no, no denying that. Uh, trailer, I think, speaks volumes of the way trailers were made in the 70s. Yes. Um, shall we give this the still treatment and give it a bit of a blow by blow? Yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. So, as far as I can see, this trailer commenced with a very ominous, slow-moving shot of a wave rolling towards the camera before, like, what, like, the interior of a ship? Yeah, we get the interior ship, we get the ship's captain, who, is that Leslie Nielsen? Yes, Captain Harrison, played by Leslie Nielsen, that is absolutely Wonderful. correct. Uh, and, and this is something that's interesting about this movie straight away that we observe, because we see the captain and he's like, oh no, there's uh, waves coming in, and then we cut to like, this is a luxury cruise ship, there's all these rich, famous people. It's New Year's, everyone's celebrating, yeah, they're all getting lit, Jim Hackman is looking very suave, just like, yeah, downing back champagne. As yeah, always. Exactly. And and pretty much, one of the first things that I've noted about this trailer, and I guess film, is that you've got essentially two storylines going on here, kept in literally separate rooms. You've got the <laughs> captain and his boys on the ship, like on the, on like the fucking bridge, and you've got all these raucous partygoers. Yeah. But then... Things start going pretty wrong pretty quickly. <laughs> pretty uh, quickly. About, about forty five seconds into the trailer, this enormous wave hits the boat Poseidon, which we've now had several wonderful panoramic tracking shots of, which is another pretty remarkable feature, like something mm-hmm. to get you interested in the film. Some sweeping shots of the ocean with a luxury cruise liner inside it. We we then like cut back to the uh, the New York the the New Year's Eve celebrations. Uh, every- everyone's getting laid. I'd say it's and, kind of a New York style. Yes, yeah, certainly a New York you know? style. Um, and then these these waves crash in, and then following the uh, you know, the poster for the film uh, with the tagline "Hell Upside Down," the fucking <laughs> ship. Capsizes, this like giant yeah. luxury line that capsizes, and yeah. literally the rest of this trailer for like the next 30 seconds is just famous actors sliding around and falling, falling around down the, floor the screen. Yeah. As, as 20th the Century point. Fox is like layered over the top in like yellow yeah. font. Exactly, and it's literally like the, the whole ballroom's upside down, like the tables are stuck to the ceiling now, everyone's falling down like into glass windows and shit, the piano is falling down, like it's chaotic, which is very cool, very fun, kind of makes you want to watch the movie. Then The stupidest thing happens, which is that we get a shot of the outside of the boat upside down, I guess to reflect to us that the thing's upside down. But, like, it's very clearly just a picture of the boat sitting in the water, inverted, because the water is still, like, underneath the boat. Like, the water is the sky in this picture, Yeah, the boat is just sitting on top of it. It's, It's like... Not very convincing is an image of an upside-down boat. Dialogue's coming in, like, clearly audible di- individual character dialogue is coming in for, like, sort of the first time. As yep. we're just getting all these horrified passengers doing their best, there's an argument between whether they should stay put and wait for help yeah, or the, whether they, they the should try and room. climb out. Um, as led by Gene Hackman's character. Then there's a lot of just unexplained explosions. Yeah. Which is a pretty cool point of remarkability. Things to start blowing up for no reason. Yeah, potentially, and like my memory could be foggy, but potentially there's some arms dealings going off here. Whoa. Something like that. Yeah. I I'm thought just... it was like the, the engines were blowing up or something. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, that's a far more logical answer <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> The secret arms dealing subplot. I'm well, sure. I'll be intrigued to see if that picks up in the trailer for the uh, for the remake because I think there's a rich vein of uh, of tension to be drawn out there. Not only is this luxury liner turned upside down and everyone's dying due to the environmental hazards, also there's arms dealers on board and uh yeah. there are explosions going off everywhere. Yeah, and you can't forget about the ghost hunting subplot. Yeah, exactly true. <laughs> well, because yeah. it does it does look like there is some form. Now, is there a priest on board, or is that just a fellow with like a collar that looks like? A no, no, there is a priest. He's one of the, in fact, Gene Hackman, Reverend Frank Scott, the main character. He's a uh, priest. Whoa, yeah, yeah, and the other. So mayb- maybe it is like an exorcism thing as well. Yeah, do you remember that movie Ghost Ship, dude? Yeah, do dude. That movie Ghost Ship. Do you think this was like a spiritual prequel, or do you think like Ghost Ship is like a speculative history of Poseidon Adventure where they don't make it off the ship in the end? Oh. <laughs> they all die on the ship, and then they become <laughs> Ghost Ship. I mean. I mean, to be honest, dude, watching the trailer, they honestly <laughs> might not get off the ship. It looks pretty rough, to be honest. Yeah, like, It is hard. Uh, the other main character, of course, being Ernest Borgnine, playing Detective Lieutenant Mike Rogo. <laughs> which Hell yeah, is dude! Just like you're gonna name your characters, Mike Rogo. We also then cut from this. Uh, there's a lot of characters drenched in water now, and yet yelling about stuff. We cut there's back. There's a lot to of identention scenes, which are just Ernest Borgnine and Gene Hackman yelling at each other. And then we cut to a sentimental scene where a uh, an, an old dame is entrusting some form of. Uh, heirloom to uh, an older gentleman saying like you give this to our grandson essentially and of course that older gentleman is Grandpa Joe from World Walker and the Chocolate Factory fucking Grandpa Joe dude (laughs) that piece of human garbage (laughs) that piece of absolute walking trash yeah, I mean, like, honestly, angry to see him even uh, grace this excellent movie, but I gotta be honest, you gotta think that he dies, and I'd pay good money to watch that. We get my only title pitch for the trailer, which is Gene Hackman's character saying to Ernest Borgnine, I'm going through that door, Mr. Rogo, <laughs> in like a very dramatic way. I just think the concept of a character called Mr. Rogo, which just gets yelled about, basically like as far as I can discern, and I have seen this movie, but this is like just what the trailer told me. This basically- This this movie's all about, like, a bunch of survivors, maybe a dozen of them, moving through the bowels of this upside-down ship, trying to get to the surface? Like, I I don't know. Well, I guess that the the whole thing here is that, like, you're going to get locked into this ship, and it's going to sink, and you're going to die, whereas I guess the open ocean is, like, still the worst place, it's, like, the second worst place to be, but at least it's not, like, 100% the actual worst. Then we get a series of action shots after all this tense stuff, where... Probably the tenth chandelier we've seen fall from the ceiling oh, falls God. from the ceiling. So there you go, falling chandeliers. Highly remakable. Mm-hmm. Then we get, like, a character swinging on a broken ladder into a pool of water. You've got Ernest Borgnine hanging on to a different ladder while a jet of water tries to knock him off it. you got people climbing up a Christmas tree. All kinds of fun, like, action. This is the fucking, you know, crescendo of the movie. We get some more explosions, which I think give... Like, listen, engines blowing up once makes sense. Further yep. explosions. I think it just ties into the whole arms dealer storyline. Yeah, it must. I mean, you would have to assume that the arms dealing is is pretty pivotal to, <laughs> p- pivotal to the conclusion of this movie. And then Benjamin, as you were about to like reference to, uh, I think yep. the critical the critical yes. shot for this trailer, which if you could uh, take us away on, there is a red background. Imagine, if you will, a, the color red, a, a field of red, <laughs> yes, yeah. uh, as far as the eye can see. Yeah, and then what is that sliding into the field of red? Why, it's a series of still images. Now, the first one is an embattled Gene Hackman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes. Then we, of course, have a similarly embattled Ernest Borgnine, And these are like, imagine this is like mosaicing from top left yeah. across to top right. And then the next row, 12 pictures in all. Just like bang, bang, bang. The pictures of the main cast. The yeah. third image is a genuinely cursed and spooky image of Gene Hackman looking very concerned about something. Two Gene Hackmans. Two Gene Hackmans up in the mix. The clone storyline didn't expect yeah. it, but like genuinely <laughs> Dude, played no, off. No, that's not the clone storyline. That's the storyline of his twin brother who went to the ship to try and save him because yeah. he heard it and he crashed off yeah. the coast of... Uh, yeah. Man... Honestly, pretty good idea for a movie, like, yeah, you get I mean, two Gene Hackmans, like, what's not to love? Yeah, they, they got Gene Hackman twice, they got arms dealing, and they've got Ghost Ship. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty, pretty good. Uh, and then, then what happens after that? I guess it's like the, the, the credits screen, right? This it is, is it. the big event, oh no, there's one more explosion, I'm just watching it again, one more explosion, a bunch of water pours into a room that they're all in, uh, there's fire, because water and fire go well together, They do. and then we get... Irwin Allen's production of *The Poseidon Adventure*, a Ronald Neem film, and there you have it, Jackson. If you had to pick an MVP for that trailer, who would it be? Ooh, look, it's it's real tricky. Um, I honestly, for me, the one that stood out to me was there's a uh. Uh, A gentleman early on who's encouraging a young lady to climb the ladder and just look at the ladder and like don't look at anything else and just keep on climbing. Very practical advice. Very practical advice. It also seems like he's about to get God, and I think that's a man staring into the the face of um, mortality and just being like, just keep on climbing, keep on climbing. And so I appreciate the, the tenacity of the human spirit. No, that's, that's pretty good. I think we'll go with that. And as far as LVP, I've got two. I mean, the obvious one is Grandpa Joe. Of course. Uh, the actor Jack Albertson playing Manny Rosen. But I think even more likely is probably Leslie Nielsen as Captain Harrison. Because it literally is all his fault, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> potentially also in contention, the arms dealers. <laughs> because, I mean very if they irresponsible had, dude if they had, Particularly because exactly. it seems like They're keeping their arm shipments Inside the engines yeah, Which you exactly. just think is like the worst place to keep no, them the, the worst place to put them absolutely No question so maybe, maybe <laughs> we go with the arms dealers uh, Yeah I, I think so dude I think arms dealers deserve it in a big old way Alright okay with that in the can Shall we move on and look at the trailer For the 2006 Poseidon Dude, I really... I'm, I'm excited, dude. I'm, I'm genuinely very excited to watch this trailer. Let me send you the one I'm going to watch. Okay. Three, e- three two, two, one. <laughs> Fuck. Okay. Wait, okay. Wait, wait, <laughs> let's let's bring, it back, bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Oh my god, dude, it's Andre Bra! Was that Fergie, dude? Yeah. <laughs> I think it might have been. We'll find out. Man, okay, okay. the claim director of The Perfect Storm, what a, what an ideal follow-up. Yeah, wow. He's already got the technology, the Storm CGI <laughs> dude, tech. Dude, it's the, it's the same set, dude. This entire trailer was the first 40 seconds of the original trailer. <laughs> Like, that was a minute and 40, right? Much shorter yeah. than the trailer for the other one. The, literally, like, the whole trailer is, like, ten shots of people at the New Year's Eve party. Oh, there's a big wave coming in. Wave hits boat. Boat tips over. People start falling down a boat. There's some fire. End. Like, it's literally, like, just the setup for the movie. Like, that is, like, like, I don't know, probably a more gripping trailer, but a lot less fun to watch in terms of, like, you know, you don't feel like you know what's going to happen next. Totally, totally. We have uh, Josh Lucas as Dylan Johns, who I'm guessing is our mm-hmm. Gene Hackman. Kurt Russell's uh, in the mix, always a good thing. Uh, Richard yep. Dreyfus, Emmy Rossum. Um, who else we got like, uh, hanging out here? Andre Bra, of course, as the captain, yep. Captain Michael Bradford, who I guess... Okay, th- this is something, and we'll get we'll to this. Yeah. But, Not actually, yeah. but actually on the bridge. Yeah, exactly. Very early on, he's there giving a little toast. Dude, do your job. Like if, if yeah. he'd just not been up there, like it would have been yeah, sweet. Yeah. Now, can we can we disagree on this? this? is something I, I think I've just realised about why this is probably poor. Um, we probably don't need to really recap the trailer so much the second time around because it's literally the same events. There's a boat, yes. there's a party, there's a wave, and then it tips over and things go south pretty quickly. Yes. It's like, so let's, let's compare so d- and contrast exactly. Let's discuss the um the difference. So I mean, like I, I, as you sort of say. This trailer is a minute forty, where it just looked at like the first forty seconds or so of the original trailer. So for that, there, even though it's a much shorter trailer, it yep. is still padding, still much out. slower. Yes, it's yeah. very padded, and it feels so. And this is probably, as evidenced by the fact that maybe like a nice homage to like the the field of red with twelve images of actors' faces was just a lot of slow individual close-up shots of the various actors' faces at the Christmas party. It was literally like shot of a boat, a New Year's Eve party face, 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 face. There's something wrong here. Boat tips over, yeah. chaos, chaos reigns. Like, chaos that was the shoes. entire trailer. See, like, I, 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 th- I think I prefer the original trailer's approach of Definitely. actually showing you the party and being like, Definitely. they're having a cool time. Uh, I, yeah. I, I don't give a shit about these like other actors just being like, hey, it's me, what's going on? Like, who gives you know a what, shit? You, you know what sucks about this also? I mean, it came out after Ghost Ship, so there's no way it can have anything oh, to do with that. man. Well, may, maybe, maybe Ghost Ship was like the un- Official sequel and then this like was sort of like a, um, a reboot like a reboot, a reboot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly and like sort of like uh erased ghost ship from the unofficial canon so hey to speak. you know you know it's funny that um we talk about ghost ship as the unofficial sequel because do you know there was actually an official sequel to the poseidon adventure called beyond the poseidon adventure <laughs> oh starring I- michael cain and sally field and <laughs> what yeah it came out in 1979 And it seems like it's about the same ship. (laughs) Man, Jesus Christ. It's funny as well, because in terms of unofficial sequels, we also have Kevin Dillon as the unofficial sequel to Matt Dillon, Uh, this time playing Lucky Larry, which I think is, like, concerning... In a film where most other characters have either a title and and a first name and surname, or just like the regular name thing, and you're called Lucky Larry. I can only imagine what fun that entourage boy was up to in that movie. Oh, yeah. Hang on. Well, he's a gambler called Lucky Larry, uh, and he'd been in the nightclub section of the ship, and he's one of the only survivors. Shit. There you go. But he does, in the next sentence, in the next sentence, he gets crushed by the engine. So, maybe not so (laughs) lucky after all, Larry. (laughs) Oh, you just know that he's there being like, hey, I'm lucky Larry, as like an engine. oh, my my luck's finally run out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I assume that's how he talks in this movie. Yeah, so Wolfgang Peterson, as we noted uh, during the watching of the film, uh, had directed The Perfect Storm. Um, So that's obviously like an important sort of... um, uh, an important sort of uh, background research for this, uh, given that it appears to be a perfect storm hitting the ship. Also, yep. dude, Air Force One, 1997. So he's wow. got, uh, you know, working with big name stars and that sort of thing. It was also nominated for two Academy Awards for Das Boot in nineteen ninety one. Yeah, this movie was nominated for an Academy Award, which is fucked. The now 2006 Poseidon. Which Academy Award was it nominated like for? Like, Best Special Effects, which is also... Right, okay. I thought you were going to say Best Picture, and I was like, Ha! Yeah. <laughs> that's a, <laughs> that's a, oh, <laughs> a rough year. Shit. So, alright, quick quick, quick rating, quick rating. Better or worse trailer? I can objectively worse, dude. Like, in a bit. I way. completely agree. Worse, worse trailer, less fun to watch, less interesting, less of an idea of what goes on in the movie. Absolutely padded out, no question. Uh, MVP? For me, it's gotta be Andre Brahe. Yeah. Uh, Just because of how much gravitas he brings to any room that he's in. So much gravitas. We're here on the SS Poseidon on New Year's Eve, and I am Shakespearean actor Andre Brahe don't um, know, <laughs> uh, <Caramel, laughs> exactly. I agree, dude. The one thing, and this might be controversial, I also think I have to potentially nominate him for LVP. Yeah, as for if not if even having, being at the helm yeah, when the wave Had he thing not been happens, giving that yes, speech, no. he wouldn't have killed all those people. So I no, think it's it a bit. Has... He's, he's done the double there, I think. Yes, exactly. Now, before we move on to our next secret franchise that you're going to tell us all about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. shall I hit us with just a little, a little, a boop, a little boop, a little boop bit of trivia for each I of these movies? Love some, dude. Alright, here's a fun game we can play, dude, in little of our regular tagline game. I'm going to give you a bit of trivia, and you have to guess which of the two movies it's a piece of trivia from. Great, great, great. I'm excited for the first one to be about Gene Hackman, dude, I really am. Yeah, 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 so I'm going to have to keep him light. Here's one for you. Which one of the movies, hey, Jackson, here's a fun mm-hmm. game. Uh, it's called The Poseidon Adventure 1972 or Poseidon 2006, which one of these movies did it happen on? And this is your first question except for the most dangerous sequences all of the stunts were done by the actors themselves all the actors at one point complained to the production staff about how difficult the shoot was physically yeah because like you know that new Hollywood vibe of like wanting yeah. to do their own stunts mm. I reckon I reckon Poseidon 2006 Jackson I'm sorry to tell you that it's Poseidon 1972 oh dang it yeah well yeah, that's yeah, a the big tables have turned haven't they yeah 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 yeah, yeah 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 yeah, ooh I let's, hate this game let's... yeah let's get <laughs> Hate that buzzer. Can uh, we just... Oof. Many members of the cast and crew came down with minor infections due to being in dirty water for several hours a day. Which of the movies did that happen on, Jackson? <laughs> oh my god, okay. I really hope that was 1972. You see, the thing about it, Jackson, is that oh, it was no. 2006. <laughs> How did they manage that? <laughs> Particularly because it wasn't even on a real boat. Yep, Like. yep. Yep, that's yep. disgusting, dude. <laughs> this is gonna be interesting to see what you make of this one. Okay, M- Milton Burl's brother was an extra in the dining room scene. <laughs> I'm guessing that's 2006. So one of the initial actors kind of had their brother be one of the extras. No, Jackson, that was a fake oh. out. It's 1972. I love this game. Oof. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of medicine, bit of medicine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, let's 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 move on to our to our new to our new times. And do you want to tell me what it is? Yeah, let me just click right through here. And what am I looking at? <laughs> uh, it's loading. It's loading. Oh, okay. <laughs> Listen, I believe I'm looking at the 1951 trailer for the movie. Angels in the Outfield. <laughs> You'd be correct, Benjamin. The 1951 American comedy film produced and directed by Clarence Brown. Okay, um, I'm into this, dude. Let's fucking do yeah, it. Fucking yeah, yeah, shake, yeah. gettle, and roll, bitch. Let's, let's get uh, going. <laughs> okay, let's do oh, no, it. Just, 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 just trying to highlight the, the top comment on this video from Jadoofs uh, I don't know how to pronounce that on YouTube. From four years ago. Oh, man, I love this movie. Please upload the full movie. <laughs> I'd like to direct you to the second highest mind, dude, by LTC74. Love this movie. Upload the entire movie, please. Let's give this a little play. Shall we count down? Alright. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What? How is this? Hang on. (laughs) Wait a minute. (laughs) What's this? Hang on. You can't. What's (laughs) (laughs) happening? Oh, dude, I'm so excited if you see this next bit. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking wild way to make a trailer! Oh, man, what a pick. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I... So, there's a lot I, going on there. Like, okay, wow. This trailer is a minute and 55 seconds long, and I gotta say, it, it's, ob- it's obviously from 1951. Um, it speaks to. Remember when we did Cinderella and we were kind of like, man, movies have changed. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think this yeah. speaks to that. Watching really, this feels really well. like an art house like rendition of how to make a trailer. Like, someone being like, yeah. oh, you shouldn't do that. Like, yeah, like an ironic trailer. <laughs> Interesting thing about this trailer. First 10 seconds of the trailer are footage from a different movie with text over the top that say, Basically remember says, this scene." Do you remember this? Well, check. Guess what? We it's made from the Stratton one. story and <laughs> we... MGM's made another movie that's kind of like it. Check it out. Yeah, MGM's made a new and wonderful picture equally as thrilling and heartwarming. So literally, yeah, 16 seconds. They're just like, Basically like, hey, do you remember when we made this other movie? We've made another movie, check it out. Like, yeah. that is, you just can't do that. I mean, I suppose that's the olden times equivalent of from the director of, but like, that usually isn't like <laughs> a quarter of the trailer. It's usually like on screen while something else is happening. We then move from this to a, uh, right into, uh, is it Take Me Out to the Ball Game? Um that yeah, classic, Take Me out to the Ball Game. That classic baseball tune, and we get angels in the Outfield. Um, and we and get a lot of close-ups of the faces of the various cast members, which is always a pretty good thing yeah, to do yeah, in a trailer. Yeah. So we got Paul Douglas, we got Janet Lee, Janet um, we, we got, got Kenan a very and shocked Keenan Win. He's looking at the camera, smoking a cigar. And he's so shifty. Looking I think like, very shifty. He's side-eyeing the camera as though he is aware that the trailer around him is just insane. And he's just kind of, like, watching it unravel before him. And then, a sort of, a young child, uh, played by uh, one Donna Corcoran. But that is preceded by and introducing a child you love. Which I just think is, like, amazing. huge, huge call, like, this early on in the trailer to be like, you're going to love Dude, this person. Remakeability, absolutely calling your shot with a cute kid. Just being like, you know what this movie 100%. has? A cute kid, and you're going to love it. Yeah. You've got to appreciate the ballsiness. Ballsiness, face like, facial close-ups. And, For uh, a baseball movie as well, very important. Yeah, 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 you got to have those things. Yeah, also baseball. So, nothing's really happened yet. We're literally, we're about, we're 40 plus seconds into the trailer, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and we've got, like, a bunch of pictures of people, and we've, we've basically had them brag about the fact that they've made other movies before. <laughs> yep. <Yeah, that's true. laughs> cool. It's the 50s, not a lot of people had, so fair enough. Yeah, that's true. So now we're zooming in on Paul Douglay, as I like to call him, <laughs> and we're getting another thing that trailers just lack these days. Yeah, uh, a I narrator. Mean, I mean, you like, know, your classic yeah. trailer narrator. Now, there, there is a lot of that these days, but it's mostly from the, like, in a world, where blah, 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 school of things. Yeah. Whereas this is literally, like, huh, So there's this guy, right? Yeah, he's this is guy, a Paul Douglas. Is, he, he's having a rough time, and he's trying and to sleep Janet Lee off her feet. Just not referring to them as actors, not as characters. Yeah, exactly. It's like so. Paul Douglas plays this guy. He's a baseball manager, and it's literally just like a soothing woman's voice, just like describing not even like the plot of this movie. Like mostly kind of like the setup, which is kind of cool, right? Because that's something that you criticize modern trailers for for being like, oh, well, the whole fucking movie's in the trailer. This gives you. None of what happens in the movie. No. Basically just like an introduction to this character. And it's like, he's a baseball coach. And he's in love with Janet Lee, And, oh, his team's not doing so good. But then he meets he, this little girl. He, he meets a young, a young child, a child that you'll love. You'll love. Um, who tells him that she's been praying for him and his team uh, yeah. every evening, every morning, and sometimes during arithmetic. Uh, very cheeky. Um, yeah. But that's not all, Jason, (laughs) as the trailer narrator is quick to point out. He's now reading Shakespeare, The Tempest, while he sits down and eats a meal, because, okay, whatever. He gets out on the field, and he's yelling at another baseball man, (laughs) and he's just yelling all of this, like, crazy religious shit, where he's like, a pox on you and your clan! Fee! (laughs) He's using that Shakespeare to put down his fucking, uh, you know... His baseball opponents, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's pretty remakable, uh, Shakespearean quotes. Yeah, I'm into it. Um, he then We then get a shot of him. A that? very slow yeah. shot of him, like, picking up a coin. There's a shamrock or a four-leaf clover yeah. on this coin that he picks up. And he seems to be very inspired by it. looks up to the sky as if God has, like, gifted him this, like, lucky thing. And then we see a cut to a shot of him being interviewed by reporters. There's a cut on his head. And the reporters are like, "Are you saying you believe in angels?" And he was like, "Yeah, you can quote me on it. There's an angel in, like, in the dugout, sitting with us every match." And the reporters are like, "What?" End angels? of trailer. End of trailer, that's it. Like, what is this literally, film like, about? you have no idea what is going on in this movie, why it's called Angels in the Outfield, where the angels became a part of the film! It's literally like, there's a guy, he coaches baseball, a little girl's praying for him, he's reading Shakespeare, he's yelling at another baseball man, yes, I believe in angels! End of trailer! That is the whole trailer! It's just... It just boggles the mind, dude. Like, oh no, no, dude, that's not the end of the Trailer Story. The last thing we see is a handwritten note on from the screen. one of the co-stars. Of The Stratton Story, which is the other movie that they were pimping at the start. As the co-star of The Stratton Story, take my advice. This is just as good. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw a trailer today... That tried to bank so hard on the success of a previous movie. You would assume the movie was very bad. Because the trailer should stand on its own. Like they shouldn't be like, hey, hey, do you remember when we made Deadpool 1? Do you remember? Do you remember how much you liked it? <laughs> Ryan Reynolds is still in it, man. This time it's Deadpool 2. It's kinda like Deadpool 1. Come see. <laughs> yeah. How bad could it be? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like Deadpool 1. It's got some of the same people in it. Yeah, exactly. For me, my MVP nom goes for Jane Allison, the co star of the Stratton story. Yeah, who, yeah. He, he, who appears in the first 10 seconds of the trailer, catching a baseball and falling over. Because I'm going to be honest with you, dude, without her vouching for it, there's no way I'd be interested in seeing this oh, movie. Dude. So dude. Like, I mean, because the thing is, I, I saw the Stratton story, I, re- I remember that, that scene. scene. And yeah, so for exactly. me, yeah, I'm instantly grabbed by it for sure. Yeah, exactly. And, and her, you know, her statement at the end there—take her advice. This is just as good. I'm with you, Jane Allison, or maybe it's June Allison. Your handwriting is a lot <laughs> <laughs> Um For me, I think LVP is probably gonna go to like uh, Bridget White, played by Donna Corcoran, the child that oh, you really? love. Well, just because Why the film—the film calls it shot. In the short amount of time I saw the child, did not fall in love. Um, no that's true they also did this we didn't touch on it but this really weird thing where there's like music underneath the whole trailer except for the scene where he's talking to her and literally like the music dies and it's dead silence and it's just like like like, close ups on their faces as they talk back and forth and like if you made that today it would kind of have an eerie vibe it's also worth noting that given like a quick cursory glance at the rest of her career Hollywood didn't end up loving her uh... And, like, she, I mean, to be fair, like, first film, she made, like, another, like, six films over five years, but, like, once she stopped being a child... Look, the, the brightest stars burn out the quickest, blah, blah, That's blah, true. et cetera, and so forth. Et cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, So, remarkable points from that. Let's just quickly wrap them up. Um, mm-hmm. Banking on the success of a previous flick, no question. Um, pr- pretty handy for a remake, uh, to be honest. Narration. I kind of like (laughs) Mm narrations. Shakespeare, also very good. These are the things that we have. So now, shall we watch the 1994 trailer? Yeah, dog, I'm sending it to you now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, is that a young JGL? Yeah. A child you love, dude. (laughs) Dude. That was a ride. Like... (laughs) I know we say this sometimes on this show. If you haven't seen this movie trailer for the 1994 Angels in the Outfield, do yourself a favour. That was something else. And the first thing I'll say about it, unrecognisable as the same movie. (laughs) Well, this one is apparently about baseball, which I didn't necessarily (laughs) get from the first. It's apparently about baseball and angels and not about a man... Who is trying to sweep a woman off her feet while reading Shakespeare on a baseball yes. field? Yes, 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 yes. This movie appears to be about. Well, let's just get to it, shall we? So the yeah. first thing that we note home video. Disney home video. <laughs> Disney home Not- video? Not, not sure this movie had a theatrical release. <laughs> the first thing we see in this 1994 trailer uh, is a very young child who you will actually love and will continue to love for the remainder of his life, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, saying to his dad, when are we going to be a family again? At which point his dad, who is this like dude wearing a leather jacket with a mullet, puts on his sunglasses and is like... <laughs> When the angels win the pennant and speeds away on his motorcycle, and this is like the inciting incident of the film, dude. Yeah, it's like the most like unimaginably like cliched, but awesome. Like uh, see you around, baby. Like rides on. Yeah, like I'm guessing like what that leads to, and uh, and what we get in the trailer is that like he then takes that wish. Prays to God and is like, yep. God, you, you gotta make the angels win so my dad comes back. Yeah, and then, um, like, his dad, like, presumably after the angels win the pennant, hears that that has happened and is like, oh, I guess I have to go back to <laughs> I mean, my I guess, family. yeah, all you need to do is pray. Like, that's, that's no, it. I, I'm, I'm sure the moral of the story will be that uh, he's a real shithead and that he's found a new family among the team, the angels. Yes. Uh, Can I also. Like very quickly, before we uh, get any further, dude, quickly run through the cast for this movie. There's a couple Please. of, like, uh, big names. Um, yeah. So, uh, of course, we have Joseph Gordon-Levitt in the GDL. lead. Adrian Brody makes an appearance. Yeah. You know. uh, Matthew McConaughey. You better believe Fuck he's it. in the mix. Tony Danza. Fucking love that. Um, Christopher Lloyd as Al the Boss Angel, which I thought was a really, like, pitch-perfect casting. Also, Brenda Fricker as well, who yeah, uh, it's fucking... also also <laughs> a an Oscar cast. winner. Dude, this... there are three Oscar like Academy Award winners for acting yep. in this yep. movie. In this Disney home video, dude. Best actor, yeah, too. Not not not, not no supporting actor. Best actor. Yeah, absolutely. Very good times. Oh, and of course, I've really just slept on it. Danny Glover as George Knox, who, yep. you know, pre- Predator 2. That's, what, what more do you need to know? We Definitely. see a bunch of just hapless baseball boys running into each other on the field. There is narration, so that's a nice point of recognizability yes. that they brought back. There's narration going on here. A team that's bad, starring Danny Glover as the coach, and he's talking to the owner... He's flipping out. He's throwing bats around, and the owner's like, listen, are you wigging out, or is this a repeat of what happened in Cincinnati? And he's like, no, no, I swear, it's not Cincinnati. I I promise, I'll I'll get it all together. Yeah, we learn that this team is very bad that have to win the pennant in exchange for JGL's dad to come home. Basically, we get a a nice little title pitch for the writers of this film, which is, it's called Talent, They Don't Have It. Which uh, Which is Donald Glover talking to the owner of the team, explaining why the team is so bad. Yeah, yeah. Now, Benjamin, Benjamin, real quick. Did you say Danny or Donald? I believe I said Danny. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Okay, very cool. It might, have been the, it might have been the connection. It just clipped off, and I very much sound like you said Donald Glover. So, so now we, we see basically a young JGL supine, uh, basically praying that the angels win the pennant. And then we see a baseballman jumping for a ball, and two angels descend from on high, <laughs> grab him by the arms, and carry him to yon ball. Uh, but before a field of thousands of spectators. So, pretty interesting. And like, there are some huge questions to ask here, from like particularly because yep. like in comparison to the earlier trailer, like which who even knows if, it is, if it's a uh, presumably it's about baseball, but maybe that was just to so, like the Stratton story, people, the frame like, narrative, the scene, and get it, yeah, 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 yeah. But with this one here, it's just kind of like this young boy has prayed to God, prayed to Jesus, somehow summoned a horde of press, angels to his do this have been answered to yeah. win baseball games, yeah. That is such an insane premise for a film. The next thing that happens, the boy is drinking soda. <laughs> a man's face appears in the soda. Christopher Lloyd's face appears yeah. being like, please don't drink me. Please don't drink me. The boy swallows Christopher Lloyd. He then spits him out, and like the amount of fluid that a, that like like launches out of this boy's mouth, like suggests that he drank a human sized amount of cola. Yes, off, which frankly yes! is insane. But also drank a human, <laughs> drank a person's conscious mind in the form of a <laughs> cup of soda. That is not acceptable for a family movie. <laughs> Christopher Lloyd is there doing his trademark wacky nonsense he's one of the angels him and one of his angel friends have decided they're going to help the team the angels win the big baseball cup and now we see a series of shots where angels are doing wacky shit like man I- I'm trying to like connect this to the points of remakeability that we spoke about in the original movie but it is but just, just unrecognisable it. dude it's the title they remade the title and then and the concept it. of a narrator Narration yep. in the film. It's just like a, it's it's basically like a long montage here of JGL just like screaming and hollering. Um, yep. We see we see a lot of like uh, shots of like uh, baseball players and the actors playing and doing really wacky stuff with baseballs. And then Christopher yep. Lloyd just hollering around the field like ho- like hooting and just like losing his mind, pushing opposition players over, pushing their players so they slide into base, like. Knocking balls really far into the outfield by breaking bats off, Thro- throwing Matthew McConaughey through a wall to catch a ball. Yep. Now we move into the rising action. Yeah, so the manager's <laughs> there and he's talking to um, Danny Glover, who's like, "You got to believe me. I know it sounds crazy, but Angels are doing this. Even though they must be winning games, yeah, the they're manager winning lots of take- games." The manager puts it on himself to be like, well, you're fucked, and you're fired. Instantly. Even though instantly. Like, he's literally like, let me get this straight. You believe there are angels helping you in the games? Danny is like, yeah, there are. And he's like, you're fired. Uh, just immediately. Also, just in terms of, like, a, from a business perspective, just run yeah. with the gimmick and keep winning yep. games. Like, Jesus. Yeah, and also, you might bring a few extra spectators in. Your team's called the angels. If you're yeah. like, God's on our side. Like, what is the... What is the, the motivation for him to be like? Uh, what is I the know. motivation for him to fire this guy who's winning games and all? Uh, anyway, it doesn't matter. So then basically he gets his job back because all the players are like, I won't play for anyone but Danny Glover. And then they that, that's nice. I guess that was yeah. like an unnecessary dalliance in the middle of the film. He does some coaching of JGL as a kid and is like, yeah. you can't always expect that people are, are going to like let you down. Looks like he might be like a father figure potentially. Who knows? Maybe like a replacement father figure. Tony Danza is complaining about losing his mojo, but Danny Ocean's like, haha, there's an angel right here. Danny Ocean. Danny Ocean. Danny Ocean. Danny Ocean. Although, contextually in the film, it appears that there might not actually be an angel here. So, at this point, Danny o- Danny Glover appears to be lying. Lies nice to child. Now, we see a-, a fun game that they're all doing where they flap their arms like angels, I guess. Uh, which, like, yeah. you kind of wonder, like, do the angels view that as, like... Is that, like, minstreling for the angels? Like yeah. Like, the real, the it's real be, angels? It's gotta be somewhat appropriate, like, appropriation, right? Yeah, like, because kinda the, like, these are a bunch of humans, not- non-angels, dressed up. Like, well, also, like, Benjamin, like, I'm, and I'm, like, I'm speaking from, like, what I know, I have know very little about this movie, dude, but I'm yeah. pretty sure... The way that structure works, not to get too serious about it, but I'm pretty sure the Angels stop helping out as they're in the big championship game, and the whole thing is like, the power was in you all along, whatever. Yeah, it's a very Space Jam, Michael's Secret stuff kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that the Angels left because they were, like, feeling that they were being discriminated against? I would say absolutely, no question. I think that's probably exactly what happened. Yeah. We get an uh, indication that it's coming soon to video. Which is very nice. I'm glad it's coming soon. I'm looking forward to it, frankly. I, like, now that I've seen yeah, this trailer, frankly. I can't wait for this movie to come to video. Well, listen, listen, Benjamin, you're in luck as well because this actually spawned two direct-to-video sequels, Angels in the End Zone <laughs> and Angels in the Infield. That last one <laughs> is pretty bad. Um, can I tell you that the, the brief pitch for Angels in the Infield, the third please, in please, the please, Angels please, trilogy? Please. Because in Angels in the Infield... This motion picture is about a group of angels trying to help a baseball team win a championship game while at the same time helping to reunite the team's pitcher's family. Wait, so, like, so it's the same movie? The same movie. The could same call movie. it yes, a sequel it's, 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 yes. or a remake of the movie because it's the same one. Is it meant to be the grown-up version of Joseph Gordon-Levitt? Let's find out. Eddie Everett. Wow, as played by Patrick Warburton, so I'm going to say probably yeah, not dude. an older version of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. We also have Colin Fox as the devil. (laughs) That's like a slightly different vibe coming in. fucking takes this franchise in a different direction right because it's yeah. like like you you, you you hear angels in the outfield you see these things of the angels you're like oh it's kind of wacky fun you don't realize that in order for there to be angels and for the prayer and everything to like have a tangible effect this necessitates a world in which Beelzebub is constantly there yeah. waiting on the outskirts to lunge in and poison the fucking baseball like God and Satan have, have chosen this baseball team as the field on which they're going to pitch their final Battle. That's what I mean. It, it sort of suggests an alternate view where, like, one of the other teams in the league in each of the other towns <laughs> was supported by the devil, and the angels triumph, right? But like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a dark, dark ritual to be like done there. You know what I mean? My MVP for this movie is definitely uh, the CGI guy who convinced them to let him do a CGI of Christopher Lloyd's face being drunk like a soda cup. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. I mean, that's, um, that must have been that guy's personal fetish, and he managed to get it in the film. Yeah, I think for me, um, my... I love that as MVP. My LVP is probably the editor of this trailer who, despite the fact having one Brenda Fricker on his hands, yeah, seems to have just not included have, her in the trailer in that, no, at not all. Not not in it at all, really. Even you would be forgiven for not knowing she was in the movie. So yes, that is yeah. true. That is a very fair LVP. Benjamin, I think I might have a piece of trivia of my own. Because we were sort of talking about who the father figure would end up being for JGL's young child and that sort of thing. Okay. And we were sort of like leaning towards like Danny Glover as like the obvious choice. Uh-huh. But Benjamin, in 2013, Joseph Gordon Levitt like wrote, directed and starred in Don John. Yeah. And who who's that playing his dad in that film? Patrick Walter. It's Tony Danza, dude. <laughs> it's Tony Danza. Wait, like Tony a real Danza life? is the father figure like of that re- film. A real life father figure for Joseph Gordon-Levitt to, to yeah. replace the the deadbeat dad that he lost in the fucking first three <laughs> seconds of the trailer for Angels in the Outfield. He only Look, had to it wait was bold of them to include years. that footage, but like I think it paid off. He only had to wait twenty years to find his true dad, <laughs> Tony Danza. <Dancer. laughs> Still Interested is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Yusid. We are produced by me, Grace Chappell. Editing by Jackson Yusid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance composed by Edward Greig. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Curio Network and at SICurioShow. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks.